Welcome to our study of the book of Hebrews here on the Radio Bible Course. We're in chapter 10, and I'm reading from verse 19. Therefore, brethren, since we have confidence to enter the sanctuary by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way, which he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. We're picking up with verse 21, following the exhortation by the writer to have confidence to enter the sanctuary by the blood of Jesus. In verse 21, he calls attention to another one of our blessings. It's having a God-appointed priest over the house of God. Who is that priest? Jesus Christ. Weren't the priests of the Old Testament appointed by God? They were. But their sacrifices could not accomplish what was needed. They could not bring men into the presence of God. And the priest had to continually offer sacrifices which could not take away sin. The blood of animals only covered sin. It couldn't take it away. Those priests carried out their duties according to the law. And the law was only for 14 centuries, up until the seed of Abraham would come. How do we know that? Galatians 3.19 why then the law? It was added because of transgressions until the seed should come. And then what? And then the law ended. And we saw in our previous program that the curtain in the temple when Jesus died was ripped from top to bottom. That was a dramatic event. And it was a divine announcement that God had ended Judaism the old system of priests and sacrifices was over because the sacrificed Lamb of God had accomplished everything necessary to bring men into the presence of God, and he himself is in heaven as our God-appointed priest over the house of God. Now, that's a term referring to God's own people from all ages. Righteous Abel, Noah, Enoch, Abraham and all those recorded in Hebrews chapter 11 plus many others. In Ephesians 2.19, we are told that believers are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Friends, we are in it. We're not trying to get in it. We have believed in Jesus Christ, and he is the priest over the house of God. We belong to him, and he represents us. Now, of course, we are members of that house of God. We are children of God because we have been born of the Spirit of God and have been sealed by that Spirit. We are God's possession. We are his property. We have his seal on us. We are stamped with his own Spirit. In John 1.12 we read, But as many as received him 
who believe in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Friends, if you have believed in Jesus Christ, you have been born of God. Now accept the fact that you are in the house of God and that you are his completely. Now, with all that in our favor, what effect should it have on us? What should it do for us? Well, verse 22 spells it out. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. In verse 23, we have another, let us. And in verse 24, we have another, let us. These are subjunctive verbs. There are three of them which tell the the believer what he should do. Now, first, we are told to draw near to God. Draw near to God in our condition? We are still sinners, even though we have believed in Christ. We're not perfect, and we never will be. Are we fit to draw near to God? Yes, we are, because his blood did everything necessary to cleanse us. We are far better off than the high priest in the Old Testament, who before entering the Holy of Holies had to put on the holy linen coat and the linen breeches and the linen girdle and the linen turban. This special clothing was put on after bathing his body with water. Next, he needed to offer a sacrifice for himself. But you have done that. You don't need to do that. You are ahead of him. That was his preparation to approach God's presence. We, however, are told to draw near, having been perfectly cleansed forever by the precious blood of Christ. Compare yourself with that high priest of the Old Testament who is in such a great place of honor. You are better off as a cleansed sinner. Now, how should we come? The writer says, with a true heart, with sincerity, with full assurance of faith, faith in the God who respects the blood by which we enter his presence. The blood is your ticket. It is authentic, and God honors it. We read in Hebrews 11:6, He who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that seek him. God will neither lie nor change his mind. Can we come with a true heart and full assurance? Yes, because our hearts are sprinkled clean and our bodies have been washed. This is an allusion to that high priest cleansing. He sprinkled the blood on the mercy seat. We have been sprinkled by the blood of Christ. As Peter writes, sanctified by the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with his blood. That's in 1 Peter 1, 2. The Jews understood that terminology. Gentiles wouldn't. And Paul avoids using such words in his epistles to the Gentiles. But Peter had a ministry to the Jews, and they did understand it and appreciate it. Now, what's the washing of the body in verse 22? It reads, Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience, 
and our bodies washed with pure water. The writer here is using the language of the Old Testament. The priests were purified by various washings, and here he compares the Christian with the Old Testament priest. How is a believer washed? By faith. Now, baptism is taught in the New Testament, but baptism won't wash you. Only the blood of Christ can do that. Jesus told his disciples on the day before he was crucified, and it's recorded in John chapter 15, verse 3, Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken to you. He also told Peter in John chapter 13, when Peter said, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. In Ephesians 5.26, we read that the church has been cleansed by the washing of the water of the word. The word pure would not refer to anything on earth. It must be his washing of us. Now in verse 23, we have the words, let us. He writes, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. Our confession is our agreement with what God has promised as set forth in the gospel. Don't waver about it. The one who promised is faithful. Now here's some good news. You don't have to be faithful. God has to be faithful. He's the one who made the promise. And you can trust him. And you are being faithful if you trust him. If he spared not his own son... Should we not expect him to give us all things? Of course we should. Salvation depends not on you living the Christian life, but on his faithfulness to his word. I'm reminded of what it says about Abraham in Galatians chapter 4. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but he believed that what God had promised, God would do. And God wants us to believe that what he promised, he will perform. Now, in verse 24, we have another let us. It says, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Here, other believers are the object. Everybody needs encouragement to love and do good works. Now, how can we spur others to do these things? I think by loving others consistently and by setting the example for good works. Christians are people who do good works. Now, when preaching the gospel, I don't talk about good works except to tell people that it won't do you any good. But after you become a Christian, I agree with everything the scripture says. We are saved to do good works. That's very clear from Titus 3.8 and Ephesians 2 verse 10, and many other passages. Don't be deceived by this. Those who believe ought to be like Jesus, and he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you ought in some measure to be like him. We ought to desire to be like him, not because that will save us, but because He is our Savior and our leader. He's the pioneer of our faith. 
while the Bible tells us to do these good things, faithful brothers and sisters show us how to do them. And how do they do that? By their example. Look back into your own life. Look back at how many examples of love have blessed you. And go out and do likewise. Now in verse 25, the writer talks about not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. One way to fulfill verse 24 is by meeting with believers. He writes, not abandoning the meetings of Christians. Some people apparently in that first century were doing that. Likely they were Jews who may have returned to their former synagogues and gave up the meetings of believers in Christ. From the earliest preaching of the gospel, the believers in Christ met with others who were set apart by God. They were a new family of God, and they came together for teaching, counsel, encouragement, comfort, and to pray and sing with joy. The Bible does not urge believers to meet on Sunday morning. They probably met at night. Several passages seem to indicate this, but it doesn't matter when you meet. What's important is mutual edification. Now, here's a special message as we close our program today. The Radio Bible Course has a gift for you. It's our booklet entitled Grace. It'll tell you what the Bible teaches about this wonderful word grace, how we are saved by grace and ought to live by it. It's yours free. Write for your copy today. Until next week, this is Nick Calavota reminding you that the word gospel means good news. Our address is Radio Bible Courses, Post Office Box 14916, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 70898. The website is rbcword.org.